This message comes from NPR sponsor McDonald's. McDonald's is proud to help communities around the country, donating food and serving hot meals when neighbors need them most, recently in the aftermath of Hurricane Laura and to first responders amidst the pandemic. McDonald's, serving here. Did you know about the Cuban connection to Cuban jazz or how Mambo influenced early rock and roll? I'm Felix Contreras, host of NPR Music's Alt-Latino Podcast. I'll tell you about all those exciting stories and much more in some special programming I've cooked up for Latino Heritage Month. Listen and subscribe to Alt-Latino from NPR. For NPR Music, you're connected to All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. And on this edition of All Songs Considered, Jeff Tweedy plays DJ. Last week, Wilco released Ode to Joy. It's their 11th album in their roughly 25-year career. And this thoughtful record comes just after two solo albums by Jeff Tweedy, one called Warm and the other called Warmer. I wondered, what music inspires Jeff Tweedy these days? What does he listen to? How does he find his music? And so we begin our conversation with Jeff Tweedy, this music by the artist Odd Nasdem. I think that song was recommended to me by some algorithm <laughs> somewhere. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but uh, it's basically a sample of Sun Cycle by Blue Cheer. And That's so that, what it was. I was. It was driving me crazy. Yeah, so it like caught my ear pretty quickly. It's a really, really genius reappropriation of that track. I think that's the Blue Cheer record that um, they were kicked out of every studio for being too loud. And, I've, <laughs> and I think, if I'm, I might be getting this wrong, but I think they recorded it outside <laughs> on a pier uh, to and try the fish and complained. yeah. Well, this is really good. So there's 66 songs on this Flippy's Best Taste. David Matson is uh, the guy's real name. Do you, I don't know anything Some else. Cloud, Some Cloud Dead? Was he part of Cloud Dead, I think? Like, like a collective? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'll just say yes. <laughs> I mean, right. is it basically all cut up in mixes and... Yeah, I imagine I'm not going to get in any legal trouble by talking about it, but I, I would imagine there's this semi, <laughs> it seems like semi gray area sampling involved in yeah, that. Yeah. Maybe you'll take one of your samples now and feel free. Any anybody, it's like have have at it. As far as I'm concerned, we're not litigious. <laughs> awesome. Pick me another uh, of uh, of someone else's song. Then I'm going to play something of yours. Bloody Blighty by Mick Trouble. Is another person that I don't know that much about, except that I think that the his biography is somewhat fictitious, and uh, I enjoy that. I like that about it. <laughs> and and musically, sounded like uh, like eighties or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like early eighties British, like sort of post punk, 
but he's i don't think that's that's not one it's from it's from from right now awesome let's hear hear mick trouble does sound like this album was recorded a good 30 years ago yes yeah, yeah. so television personalities <laughs> it, yeah. it it um my three minutes of digging is that this guy is uh i close your ears if you don't want to know uh his name is jed smith and he's from <laughs> brooklyn in a band called my teenage stride <laughs> yeah <Just>. oh yeah <laughs> why not spend some time reconstructing some previous eras of music for your own pleasure and sharing it with people <laughs> and, and have you ever had the dream to to do something not sort of undercover so, sort of uh yeah like, we've had a ongoing project in the studio and the at the loft for i don't know 10 or 12 years of uh making up fictitious bands and then writing a fake review of their their music <laughs> and then recording it <laughs> Um, I've actually had friends write reviews of fictitious records and then tried to use my imagination to to create what what that would sound like. Oh, my God. If you (laughs) ever, ever wanted to do anything with that, please come to me. (laughs) NPR will publish. We won't dig into the fact that it's not true because, you know, we're just journalists. I I think eventually if you see a a decibels per minute or, you know, our label, if we ever put out a sampler, I would would be highly suspicious of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to play the most upbeat cut that I remember from the current Wilco record. And you said television personalities. When I saw the video of this, uh, it did remind me of, uh, of the monkeys. So. <laughs> Good. <laughs> if you're telling yourself a story Where the secrets twist like vines Bodies are buried, but you can't remember where you buried the mines. Oh, no one denies, everyone hides. Oh, oh, everyone hides. If you're selling yourself on a tale where the details drift with time, 
Who is that uh, guitar right there? That. Oh, uh, uh, it's Nels Klein, yeah. and uh, I think I'm in there too. Yeah, you've been playing some hot guitar lately. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no. Uh, the video for this. Describe it to people who haven't seen it. We'll put it online. Um, <laughs> it's super fun. We had asked around for some treatments uh, from different directors of what to, what to do with the the song like that with the video and at the en at the end of the day we just said well why don't we just play hide and seek in Chicago and uh, um, I thought it would be funny if everybody else in the band went to hide and I just locked the door and sat on the couch and watched TV. <laughs> it's Cheetos looking, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we ended up we ended up uh, just kind of putting it together with some, you know, people in Chicago, and uh, uh, it came out way better than we expected. <laughs> Made me laugh a lot. This is the last twenty seconds of the song. Here we go. I love this record, so when I say the next thing I'm going to say, don't don't bite me. <laughs> Which is, uh, it ain't all it ain't all the monkeys. I mean, it isn't all cheers, and and much of the record has much more of a, uh, a more spacious sound, and then a bit of a kind of plotty, mm -hmm. p l o d. That is, if that's such a word as plotty, uh, mm -hmm. plotting sound. Yeah, uh, to it. Um, it's always not a very good adjective to have attached to your music in general. But uh, I'm 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 hoping that there's such a thing as a as a compelling plod, uh, <laughs> and a, a magnetic trek. I don't know. It, it, it's a word that's come up a, f a few times in what people have, at least the f early feedback. But um, there's a lot of joy in, in plotting, <laughs> in, uh, in my opinion. Uh, taking it slow isn't uh, necessarily a bad way to, to exist. And I think sometimes uh, when I listen to music, I think some of the what might be described as, well, I'll use the word joy because it's in my head now because of the record title, but some of the joy that exudes out of music sometimes doesn't feel quite as genuine and honest mm -hmm. it feels more like something they wanted to do to make it i don't know well uh, if you've ever hit a hit a drum just one time really hard and just uh you know kind of allowed yourself to be i don't know just sit there and listen to the resonance of the drum and and get off on the <laughs> the physicality of it and the visceral sense of uh something being struck that's pretty joyous i don't know to me like giving listeners that experience uh which was kind of the way we recorded the drums is so you could kind of hear the stick against the head of the drum and i really like the idea that there's a lot to be explored within the single hit of a drum sonically and that was kind of a, a starting point for a lot of the recording so that's maybe where the notion of it being plotting comes from but for us it was rooted in this idea that you don't need to do a whole lot for a drum to be cathartic we play bright leaves at that work sure yes.
There's a sense that at any moment this thing is gonna just happen, burst open, <laughs> and and I love, uh, well, spoiler alert, <laughs> I love that it sort of doesn't. Yeah. No, it just gets prettier. <laughs> yeah. And I and, think. and I do too. And there's the lines. I think coming up was a line about. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Somehow, we're bright leaves. You and I beneath old snow beneath the old snow or something and Mm -hmm. set free by the winter rain yeah just trying to write songs and write lyrics that uh, make me see something make make it easy to visualize some sort of little moment in a life that barely gets illuminated in any kind of way and then um, you know I feel good about being around still (laughs) i think that some of that is trying to trying to convey that that it's i can't get enough of this stuff you know i want to be i want to be here and you've been incredibly prolific warm and warmer and this (laughs) is there anything in particular that as you get older you could go two ways (laughs) it could Yeah. yeah you could be disappointed with the way your life went and just get depressed and fall in a hole or uh, however celebrate uh, life and it really does seem like you're I love the fact that you say you're celebrating the little moments because that'll help me listen differently <laughs> too well I mean those are the moments that we feel like I think sometimes we get the mistaken notion that we're we're helping someone less fortunate than ourselves by denying ourselves the little moments <laughs> or or diminishing their importance which uh, they can be disproportionately important to us in a lot of cases. And certainly um, having an awareness of, of the suffering in, in the world can inhibit a lot of appreciation for your joyous moments. And I'm just trying to be a good person and, and be responsible in my community and as a citizen. But at the same time, I don't believe giving up those moments helps anyone. And in, in, a, in a way, living your life in a way where you're able to enjoy those moments is kind of what we're fighting for for everyone, isn't it? I don't know. I think that that's the, that's the goal. And, and it's easy if, well, I work in news and people watch and listen to news and it's easy to get lost in that world and forget the people close to you and the things that happen around you. 
Well, it doesn't... Knowing uh, what's happening in the world and watching the news, we can have a lot of different feelings at once. Is is the kind of is this thing that seems like people really struggle with, and myself included, uh, this idea that you're happy or you're sad. I think you're happy and sad <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time. I think you're um, extremely satisfied and also angry sometimes. <laughs> you know, and don't feel guilty because yes people are suffering and all the other stuff that's happening is crazy bad but don't you can deny the, your, yourself those feelings if you try if you want but you're still feeling them I think and uh, I think in general you're not doing yourself any favors by by pretending that you have that much control over your emotions in other words you can be aware of the suffering of the world and at the same time still feel sorry for yourself that someone got your parking space <laughs> <laughs> well put. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more from Jeff Tweedy. And you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Tito's Handmade Vodka. Born and bred in Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Music's just kind of part of our DNA, says Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller of Tito's Handmade Vodka. For recipes, videos, and more, visit them at titosvodka.com. 80 Proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, 5th Generation Incorporated, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, crafted to be savored responsibly. Support also comes from State Farm, whose agents know that your car and home are more than just big purchases. They're a big part of your life. You put time into making them your own. So now it's time to protect them with your own personal State Farm agent. Not only do they truly get you, but they'll be there for you when you need them. And with over 19,000 agents in neighborhoods across the U.S., there could be one just around the corner. More at statefarm.com or 1-800-STATE-FARM. State Farm, here to help life go right. I'm Bob Boylan. It's All Songs Considered from NPR Music. I'm talking with Jeff Tweedy. He's playing DJ, picking us music. This one's from an artist named Namdi. I don't know a whole lot about Namdi Ogbanaya, but uh, he's from Chicago, and he's uh, I've met him, and he's a great guy, and he plays bass with Spencer when Spencer plays his own music, my son Spencer. And um, this is, a, I think it's only available on Bandcamp, uh, it's record Drool, and I picked a song off of that record. Oh, oh. Then 
watch you wallow down the leak Unlike you, I'd rather know as the song is playing i remember uh seeing this fellow in austin texas and and loving it oh yeah yeah this is good He's a really talented uh, guy and really wonderful person too. In, the, in my brief encounters with him, and Spencer Spencer speaks so highly of him. So I, I've uh, we've been checking that out for a while. <laughs> the, the name's a bit hard to spell. So all these songs we'll put online in a, in a list and a playlist at the uh, All Songs site. What is it that you sort of want out of music as a, as a listener? Um, I don't think I articulate it to myself very much. To be honest, I, I, I would, um, I would assume I'm just wanting the same things I've wanted since I was a little kid, and and that is like um, surprise. Uh, I want something I don't have already. I want something that makes me feel like the world is bigger than I, I previously thought it was. I want something that makes me want to make music. All of those things. I like music that has its own internal logic and doesn't make me think that it's playing by someone else's set of parameters, <laughs> you know? That made me think about this record when you said that because one of the things that you seem to fool with, I don't know, mess around with or have fun with is, this is the right way to put it, but the shape of songs, you know, a song mm-hmm. can have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, or it could unfold slowly over time and the record Mm -hmm. the the songs on this record tended not to be at all predictable not Mm -hmm. at all have those moments of oh now I can sing along Mm -hmm. Um, and because of that uh, I can look and listen to them differently and I like that I mean Mm -hmm. more more adventure because I didn't know where it was going so many songs you can put on and within 30 seconds it's revealed itself and Mm -hmm. uh and I love the way your songs unfold on this record. Well, I mean, it's hard, you know, being a, a guy that's been in a band for a long, long time with a bunch of other uh, musicians that have been playing music for a long time. And we all have a vocabulary based on records that we share an affection for. And I think on this record in particular, we looked at that as something that needed to be subverted for us to feel good about making a record. The smallest things should be challenged still, you know, like even the notion of a drum kit, which is kind of uniformly accepted as these few elements. (laughs) And we kind of were really worked hard to force ourselves to go does that have to be what a drum kit is for a whole record yeah um, there was a lot of rattles and chains and <laughs> <laughs> um i mean it's not like you know nobody's ever done that uh, i'm sure everybody like, there's a lot of records where people challenge the notion of what a drum kit is but for us um it was a really healthy way to make decisions not based on a rote understanding of how songs are put together and try and make them based on an emotional desire to communicate or, you know, reach out and make some sort of connection. Let me play the the second cut on the album, Ode to Joy. I'll play the song uh, Before Us.
Can you help us all, uh, or at least help me, uh, paint a picture of the studio and how, let's say, it could be a song like this or one of the songs came together? It's certainly, uh, like you say earlier, uh, very you and Glenn, very you and drum centric. Well, uh, when Glenn and I started working on the basic tracks for the record in December before we were all together, due to convene uh, as a as a full band in January. One of the things we were doing is I was kind of presenting songs to him with a drum machine, like a, a track that I played just acoustic guitar and drum machine and sang him the melody. And in, in a lot of cases, uh, to make the drum machine not sound like a stupid just rhythm box drum machine, we would really distort it like uh just completely obliterate the signal so that it would stop being a standard drum sequence it would like divide up the sound so much that it would actually start to have like splintered time (laughs) uh divisions and that's what he glenn being uh just such a i don't know such an incredibly well-trained musician and and you know percussion expert in a lot of cases would take that fractured drum machine and then notate it and then play it on drums oh on playing on real drums so what what that drum part is is uh, the the distorted drum is gone now uh, the distorted drum machine is is a, is barely in there i think if it at all and then he's basically playing what the distorted drum machine had sounded like. Oh, love that so much. Jeez. <laughs> Just then, a kind of a way to, like, you know, mess with machines enough for them to give you something human. <laughs> there's a group called Moon Hooch, and they're a bunch of uh, kids who study jazz together in school, and what they, uh, they do, they, they sort of compose electronic music, and then mm-hmm. they take their two saxophones and drums and mm-hmm. reimagine that electronic music uh, mm-hmm. as as if it were played, but it isn't played by uh, two, sa- two saxes yeah. and drums. And I like that. I like humans reappropriating ones and zeros. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to pay them. Yeah. Those ones and zeros, they're not going to come and get you. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> not yet, right? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. um, the cover art for the record, I can't. I, it's beautiful. I can't make heads or tails. It's... Uh, well, people can go look at it. But. Well, I, th- I think that the main point of the cover art for us was to have something s- somewhat neutral 
we've had a long run of of kind of bold album covers that have a like a specifically distinct image or item or in some case a cartoon or mm-hmm. something and and uh you know i think the whole love was more abstract but uh it was an effort to allow this record to kind of have its own mental imagery not influenced at all by the album art if possible you know well, i think the album art no matter what you do ends up becoming attached to music if it mean if it resonates with you and you sit and look at that record while you're listening to it you know but uh we didn't want it to be something that was uh you know capable of conveying any preconceived clues mm-hmm. robin hill thought it was uh it had a very fragile look to it i think that's the beauty of it it was meant to look like um sort of spilt paint or uh, or a sticker that was left on something where the, the actual text of the sticker had been rubbed off over time or something you know I thought of it as white pottery like a piece of <laughs> a white a white dish or something uh, the, the one thing I've heard more than once is that it looks like a toilet seat that's so. I, yeah that's the other thing I wasn't going to go there though <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's totally cool too that's what it takes all kinds and they're important yeah <laughs> Extremely, Underrated. extremely important. Without the without the support of uh, our toilet seat, I don't think we could have made this record. <laughs> uh, so pick me one more. Well, maybe we'll do two more, but let, let's go to something else. Sure. Uh, it's another band I don't really know that much about, to be honest. I, I have a bad habit, or maybe it's just who cares, but <laughs> I, I don't tend to spend a lot of time digging into the biographies of a lot of music that I listen to. Um, I just like it, and I try and make a mental note of uh, the name and, and keep checking up on stuff. And this is 70, $75 Bills, a band. I was really into their first thing that came out, of, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago. And they have a brand new record out, and this this uh, this track I suggested is off of their new record. So I think the the, the album's called "I Was Real," and the song is WZN4. I, I didn't intentionally pick all of these songs with um, <laughs> yeah. almost code like uh, <laughs> unpronounceable titles, but um, you know, that's what someone happened. made a record called Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I'm not sure that it's completely coincidence. <laughs> yeah, my there's no accidents. There aren't any. <laughs> Here we go.
Well, the, you've completely turned me on to someone I had no idea about, and I'm thrilled about it. I, I'm a huge fan of those Tuareg musicians. Mm -hmm. are, are you a fan of, like, Tinarawin or Emdu Mokhtar? Yeah, Emdu Mokhtar played at our festival this last summer. Oh, so you know. And, yeah, and um, can't get enough of that sound. Saharan cell phone music. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely someone uh, really spending a lot of time with that music and, and kind of bringing it into a slightly more rock setting. It's percussionist Rick Brown and guitarist Chi Chen, is, uh, mm -hmm. as much as I know and can add to the story we've told. But, uh, but I'm going to dig deeper and hopefully our audience will dig deeper into $75 bill. Um, in some ways, the music we listen to uh, growing up uh, is often leads us to exactly uh, where we are today. And, and so, you know, you, you, you grew up on this, and it sounds exactly like uh, <laughs> 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 the music of, of $75 Bill. Mm -hmm. Hang on a second. chug a lug chug a lug <laughs> Make you want to holler, holler, ho. Burns your tummy, don't you know? Tell us all about Roger Miller. Well, I think I was asked to pr um, <laughs> put together this list on my dad's birthday uh, the other night. Uh, we played in London, and um, so it, it, my dad was on my mind and uh, thinking of the music my dad would play when I was a kid. Uh, Roger Miller was a big favorite, and... Um, it makes sense. <laughs> it's like it's a it's a distilled version of my dad, uh, pun intended. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, thanks for coming in and playing DJ and playing Chuggalug. This is uh, around 1964. It's Roger Miller. We'll go out on this, but Ode to Joy, and this is truly an Ode to Joy, this song, but yeah. so is the record, and, and I really appreciate you taking time to do this today. It's great, great talking to you again. Thank yeah. you. Cheers, Thanks for man. having me. Be well. Hang on a second. Here it goes. don't you know? chug a chug a jukebox and sawdust floor. Something like I that, oh, that phrasing is sophisticated, <laughs> I have to tell you. It is. It's beautiful. Thank you, Jeff. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Jeff Tweedy, the new album from Wilco is out, and it's called Ode to Joy. I'm Bob Boylan for NPR Music. It's all songs considered.